Our second reading is going to be from James 5, verses 13 to 20, and that can be found on page 1046 of the Black Church Bibles. Is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with the oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. If they have sinned, they will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Elijah was a human being, even as we are. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. Again he prayed, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its crops. My brothers and sisters, if one of you should wander from the truth and someone should bring that person back, remember this, whoever turns a sinner from the error of their way will save them from, from death and cover over a multitude of sins. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Good evening, everybody. My name's Ed. I'm the congregational pastor of this our 7 p.m. service. And uh, yeah, very warm welcome to you. And if you're you're visiting us, you've joined us on the very last week of our 10-week journey through James. And congratulations to those who've been here all 10 weeks. The book of James has been hard-hitting, hasn't it? It's just come at us again and again. It's been speaking to us about having a faith that's not lacking. I don't know how you've felt as you've gone through this book, but each week I feel like, oh, I'm lacking there, lacking there as well. There's another area. I ask for wisdom and I look both ways. I look to God, I look to the world. I, I struggle to control my tongue in the way that I speak about people. Would I speak about people only how I would speak about them if they were in the room with me? Am I caring for the needy, the vulnerable around me, or am I just fattening myself up on the luxuries of this life? Am I living in light of the return of Jesus? All these questions, they've just come at us again and again. And James has told us that God's word's like a mirror and that every time we look into it, we see ourselves clearly. Now, I don't know if you've had that experience of going into a shop where the lighting's just beautiful and everything you try on, you look really nice in because the lighting's right. Well, the lighting in the book of James is like blaring spotlights and you look and you're like, oh, is that who I am? Well, tonight as we come to the end of this journey about a faith not lacking, James wants to give us a, a spiritual and physical health check. He wants to ask us the question, do you have a healthy faith? I remember as a child, I used to sit at my grandparents' breakfast bench and I would watch them preparing their morning health routine. And I looked longingly as they opened up each morning what looked like a little box of Tic Tacs different pills of different colours, different shapes and sizes, and I thought, I can't wait till I get that age and I can start having morning lollies every morning. I was bitterly disappointed to discover that these pills were tasteless. And everyone's got different health routines, different well-being routines and rhythms. You know, some of us only eat fruit for breakfast, others only eat protein. Some are on antibiotics, others take probiotics. You know, some of us will see a 
medical doctor, others go to spiritual healers. But James tonight asks that amongst all the different medical interventions you've got, do you have the pill of prayer? With all the different supplements that you're taking for your health and well-being, are you putting in some praise? And amongst all those different medical practitioners that you visit, have you visited your church elders? Have you called upon them for prayer? Have you turned to your brothers and sisters around you and invited them to pray for your healing? Well, why, why should prayer, praise, and the people of God be part of our well-being? Because God knows that we're holistic beings, doesn't he? He knows that, uh, that, that who we are is made up of more than just our bodies. Uh, we are body, soul, and spirit. You might have heard that, that term, or you would have heard it, in a healthy body, healthy mind. Well, James tonight seems to be sort of saying, uh, healthy soul, healthy body. The two are interconnected. But his focus is more than just on the health of your physical body. He wants us to have a healthy soul, healthy spiritual well-being. We're going to be thinking tonight about how God is powerful, powerful to heal, powerful to restore, powerful to save, powerful to raise up. And so here's our big idea for this evening. As you go away from the book of James, it's up on the screen above me. A healthy faith relies on the power of prayer and pursues the wanderer. That's where James wants us to finish off in his book, that we would have a healthy faith. So let's begin by thinking about having a healthy faith that relies on prayer. I wonder how much you believe in the power of prayer. I have to say that over my years of working in Christian ministry, there's a couple of telltale signs about the health and vitality of people's spiritual life. You've got... Uh, you know, uh, dedication to daily Bible reading, joy, delight in serving others, zeal for making Jesus known, uh, gladness in generosity and giving uh, wealth away. And the last one is this, dependence on God in prayer. But I do meet a lot of Christian people who are disappointed in prayer, feel like their prayers fall on deaf ears. And sadly, I think, it's probably because a lot of us pray privately too much. We don't gather together in corporate prayer. We don't call upon the saints to pray with us. As we're exhorted tonight to pray, the beginning of this, uh, these verses actually reads like the run sheet to our central prayer meetings. Uh, Wednesday nights, first Wednesday of the month here in Kirribilli, Saturday mornings up at Neutral Bay. This is what we do. Verse 13, is anyone among you in trouble? We have troubled mission partners at the moment. Bruce Chapman uh, has advanced melanoma and tumours on his brain. Uh, Tawanda and Shupi Masango serving Jesus in Zimbabwe, uh, suffering uh, difficulties and hardships around the, the political, the social, even now the environmental situation in Zimbabwe. Well, they're in trouble and we pray. Is anyone happy? James says, let them sing songs of praise. And that's how we start all our meetings. We start with praise. We end with our praise and with rejoicing in song and lifting our hearts to God. Is anyone among you sick? We have a time where we share personal prayer needs. People call out to the front and our, I guess our head spiritual elder, Paul, our senior pastor, he prays over us. And then we have what I think is 10 minutes of the most faith-building exercise that you could do in any month. We sit as a gathering here together 
and we hear how God has answered prayers in the lives of others. And I can sit there and I can say, well, you know what? Even though it doesn't feel like my prayers are going anywhere, even though it doesn't feel like God is answering or hearing me, I can know that there, 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 and there, God has heard and God has answered. I can be built up and trust that prayer is powerful and effective because I see the way that God's working in the family all around me. Well, how dependent are you upon God in prayer? Verse 14 and 15 goes on to help us think about the way that the sick person would turn to God in a time of prayer. Verse 14 tells us that, Is anyone among you sick? Let them call to the church elders to pray. Peter Bradhurst is sitting in the room with us here tonight. He's been a Christian for longer than many of us in the building have been alive. Uh, He shared this helpful insight for me that I think is very true when I'm sick. He said, I find it hardest to trust in God when I'm only a little bit sick. You know, if you're in hospital, you're calling out for prayers everywhere. But when you've got the common cold, when you're just a little bit injured, you turn to yourself, don't you? You take it into your own hands. You don't think to reach out to those around you. Well, what does James tell the sick person to do? Verse 14, he says, Is anyone sick? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them. That might be your pastors. It could be your connect leaders. It could be your ministry area leader. It could be a spiritual mentor. Call them and invite them to anoint you in oil and pray over you. And who will do the healing? Is it about calling the right elder or having the right oil? No. It's that you will be anointed with oil in the name of the Lord. The prayers will be offered in faith, making the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. If you've sinned, you'll be forgiven. It's God. It's God, 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 God. He's the one who heals. It doesn't matter how we pray, when we pray, what we pray. It's that we pray to the God who can heal. And all these ways is ways of James saying that when you're sick, cast yourself on your God. There's a lovely truth in Exodus chapter 15, verse 26 that says, I am the Lord your God who heals you. And all healing ultimately does come from God, doesn't it? There's healing that we can explain, that we can actually control through modern medicine, that, that we understand what's going on, and there's also healing that we can't explain, that we're totally out of control of and that we have no explanation for. And we might call that miraculous, but both are miraculous. It is a wonderful thing that God has made us, that we can be healed and that our bodies can restore. I think back over my medical history, uh, just recovered from an infected foot. I've had multiple back injuries. Uh, I've been through chronic sinusitis, tonsillitis, cryptosporidium, giardia, lots of wonderful things that I've been through. And here I am, Amazingly, a healthy human standing in front of you. What a wonderful thing that God heals us. I can point to the antibiotics that I took, the operations that I had at some times, just the patient waiting for healing in others. But it is a wonderful thing, isn't it, that God makes us to heal. What about, though, those who've been through all this, who've called the elders, who've been anointed in the oil, who've had the prayers of faith, but have not? been made well. Uh, Verse 15 seems to indicate that the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. Uh, 
was the problem with the elder? Did you get the wrong pastor? Should have called Pastor Paul, called Ed. What a mistake. Was it the wrong oil? Uh, At the cathedral, they use uh, Vaseline. I've got a friend who uses sump oil to anoint people. Uh, Tonight, we will be anointing with bio oil, uh, a wonderful (laughs) product there. Was it the faith? Was it your faith? Did you not have enough faith? Did the elders not have enough faith? Or was it, in fact, the God to whom we prayed? Well, before we start to get too confused here, before we start to perhaps question God's faithfulness, it's important to check that we've read God's word well and clearly. And sometimes when I find myself confused by God's word, I find it helpful to turn to other translations of God's word. If you're new to the Bible and you're not familiar with, uh, with the Bible, it was written in three ancient languages, ancient Hebrew, ancient Arabic, and ancient Greek. And it's translated into English in many different ways. And uh, as verse 15 says about the sick person being made well through the prayer of faith, I think we've been a little bit um, unhelped by our new international version translation. So up on the screen above me, I've put another translation from the English Standard Version. I think it reads a little like listening to Yoda from Star Wars speaking to you. It's a bit clunky, but it is much more literal, as is the New American Standard Version of the Bible. So you can turn to these, and what do you notice in verse 15? That the prayer of faith won't heal, won't make make the person well, but will save the person. Uh, In the original language, the word is sozo, save. It's the word for... Uh, being rescued from destruction. It's a word we really often use for our salvation. God rescuing us from judgment, delivering us from our sins. But it can also mean, from time to time, healing, uh, restoring of health. Then the, the scripture goes on and says, the Lord will raise him up. Now, that can mean healed, lifted up from your bed, but most often it refers to our resurrection hope. Our, our, our new bodies. And so you might be thinking, oh, Ed's just trying to scoot out of what the scriptures are saying here in front of us. But I think God is trying to say very clearly uh, that, that we can be expecting and longing and looking for both. But the emphasis, I believe, it needs to be on the spiritual healing. Because here am I, I'm tonsillitis free, uh, but something else is going to get me, isn't it? You can... You can be healed from all sorts of diseases, but we're all going to die. And so the the deeper healing, the greater healing that we're longing for is a spiritual healing, a guaranteeing of a hope that's to come. So these verses, they tell us, verse 15, that the sick person will be saved. Verse 16 goes on and says that the sinner will be healed. So God has in mind both our spiritual and our physical healing. But uh, here's an uncomfortable truth that I've been coming to terms with this week. That is that I think the Bible links our sin and sickness. That is to say that all sickness in some way or another is a consequence of sin. Now in many, many instances, uh, sicknesses that you and I have suffered and been through have nothing to do with our personal sin. From the common cold to cancer, all sorts of us suffer indiscriminate illness. But the reason that we suffer that is because we live in a sinful world. We live in a sinful, broken world, 
And Adam, our great forefather, rebelled against God the Father. And the world has gone with it. And so we live in this world where we suffer because of sin. But there is a great Christian hope, brothers and sisters, and that is that sickness is not coming with you into the life to come. Because sickness has to do with sin. So in heaven, there will be no doctors. If you are a doctor, you're welcome, but your profession won't be needed. No doctors, no no band-aids, no Panadol, no painkillers, no hospitals. Because God will do away with sin and all its consequences, and sickness is one of them. What a hope we have. In some instances, however, uh, sickness is a result of people's sin. But perhaps not necessarily your sin or or my sin. It could be the sins of others around. Uh, In the letter to the Corinthians, the Apostle Paul, uh, he deals with this very difficult issue that in the Corinthian church, There were people who were getting sick. Some had even died. And the reason, Paul says, is because they are abusing the Lord's Supper. Some people were getting drunk. Others were gorging themselves. Others were being famished by neglecting them from the the Lord's Supper. And Paul says that because of these sins, there is illness rife amongst you. I don't know if when you get sick, you do this that, that I do. You've got a a sniffly nose or developing a bit of an itchy throat and a cough. You think, who did it? Whose fault was it? Who was it that I sat next to on the bus with a runny nose or who was blowing their nose into a tissue and shaking my hand? Who is responsible for bringing this upon me? I wonder if we'd we'd be wise to do the same but with regards to sin, to ask, is there unrepentant sin in my church family? Is there fights and quarrels and arguing and division amongst us that perhaps is resulting in in this illness? And if there is, what should you do? Pray. Pray and pursue those who have wandered. Seek to bring them back. Seek to have them reconciled. Sometimes, however, we do suffer sickness directly because of our own personal sin. Now, I know an instance of a friend of mine in a former church who developed a tumour in his stomach when he was in an adulterous affair with a person at work. He repented, turned his ways around, and that tumour was remarkably healed. We all know the impact that relational conflict can have on our well-being. The stress that personal tensions cause in us the stress of anxiety, of sleeplessness, of, uh, of, of pressure and, and relational conflict. So what ought we to do? James says, verse 16, Therefore confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. Some of you in this room might know Omar. Omar became a Christian late last year through our Christianity Explored course. I spent quite a lot of time with Omar over the summer. And I remember saying to Omar one day, Omar, it's, it's hard talking to you because I feel like you never really open up. I never really know if I'm dealing with, with what's really going on in your life. And he said to me, it's very difficult for me culturally to open up to others. Well, Omar actually had to go to Turkey, but he was here for the first week in our series in the book of James. And he decided that he'd keep on reading through this letter of James. 
And one morning I received a text message and it read this. read, Therefore confess your sins to each other and pray for each other that you may be healed. Dear Ed, I have two big sins in my life that I need to confess to you. And he shared. And it began a beautiful process of a deepening of our relationship, of a, of a healing of Omar and an opportunity for me to pray for him and for him to be healed. And, and I didn't... I didn't offer him that forgiveness. I reminded him that it's God who forgives. Uh, 1 John 1 verse 8 and 9, if we confess our sins, God is faithful and just. He will forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I prayed Omar's been healed. Well, maybe it's not culturally normal for you to share your sins, to confess your sins to those sitting around you to your brothers and sisters. It may not be culturally normal, but it is good for you. It's good for you and will result in your healing and help. And in fact, it is a command of God's that that is what you ought to do. And I love the, the promise in this next little bit of the verse. It says, The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. And it's just so, so great, isn't it, that that's not connected to the elders before. It's not talking about coming to a priest because they've got powerful, effective prayers. Don't go to a minister because their prayers are powerful. No, it's the prayers of your brothers and sisters, of one another. So it's the people sitting on the chairs next to you. They're the ones you can come to because they're the ones who are righteous. They're the ones who've turned to Jesus, trusted in him, and they have the powerful and effective prayers that can heal you. And then as if to illustrate the power of prayer, goes and refers to Elijah. We read the story of Elijah before. And there's an interesting thing that, that about this story because Elijah's story was one of persistent prayer because he wanted to see God's people restored back to their father. He prayed that it wouldn't rain. And then he prayed and prayed again that, that God would restore and heal them and, uh, and send rain. And that was the sign that, that God's people's hearts had been turned back. And you know what, if James wanted to show how powerful prayer is to do what's medically impossible, wouldn't he have picked the chapter before this where Elijah prayed and raised the, uh, the dead son of a widow from the dead? I mean, that would show God's wonderful power. Or if he wanted to show the miraculous, the awe-inspiring, the wonder of prayer, wouldn't James have referred to the way that Elijah called for fire to come down from heaven and it fell and... And we, we read about that. But he chooses this because he wants to say, be a persistent prayer, a powerful prayer who goes after wandering hearts. And that's what Elijah did with this drought prayer. And he brought God's people's hearts back to their Lord. And that's how the book of James finishes, with an invitation to come back to the Lord. With an invitation for you, if you're walking close, to go after those who've wandered. And that's exactly what James himself has been doing all along. He's been like a big brother, hasn't he? He's been saying to us, make sure your faith is not lacking. Come back, wanderer. Come home. Have a true faith. He says, verse 19, My brothers and sisters, if one of you should wander from the truth and someone should bring that person back, remember this, whoever turns a sinner from the error of their ways will save them from death and cover a multitude of sins. I'm so grateful for Nick Mull. 
Nick Moll was a man, a young man, who drew me back when I was a wanderer. It wasn't spectacular. He just invited me to church, got me to join up a Bible study. I'm so thankful for Joyce Ng, a young sister who went after, pursued my wife Bridget when she was wandering. It wasn't miraculous. She just asked again and again every week at university, do you want to come to the Christian group? Well, it might not be spectacular. It might not have been miraculous. They just prayed and asked. But gee, it had spectacular results, didn't it? Verse 20, whoever turns a sinner from the error of their ways, Nick and Joyce, they saved Bridget and I from death. Nick and Joyce, they covered over the multitude of sins we would have committed if they hadn't sought after us. And I just wonder if there's anyone on your heart tonight who you know is wandering from the truth, whom you could go after. It doesn't have to be spectacular. Just pray powerful and effective prayers and then go and offer them an invitation, an invitation to Easter, to come to one of our services, to to hang out with you, to come, come to Christianity Explored after Easter. It doesn't have to be spectacular, but it has spectacular results. Well, maybe today, tonight, you're here because you are someone who has been wandering from your Lord. And God wants you to know that he welcomes you home. He says, come home and invites you with open arms. Perhaps you're here tonight and you're conscious that you have unconfessed sin. And you need to confess that to someone and and to be healed. And God offers you that healing tonight, here tonight, right now. Perhaps you're someone who is sick and you long to be healed and restored. And that's the way we're going to finish our journey through the book of James and the way we're going to finish tonight. We're going to pray for healing. We're going to pray that God would heal those amongst us who Perhaps we have physical healing, a need of physical healing, or emotional or relational healing, or mental healing, or even financial healing. Uh, If that is you here tonight and you're conscious of your need for healing and your desire to be prayed for, uh, in a moment I'm going to ask you to put your hand up, to be brave and just hold up your hand. And then if people feel comfortable around you, if you feel comfortable, uh, I'm going to invite them to just lay a hand on your shoulder just to say, You are not alone. We're with you and we're praying for you. And I'm going to pray a prayer for healing from the front. If we're going to be honest, we all need healing, don't we? Everyone here needs healing in these areas. But if you're particularly aware of your need or perhaps the need of someone really close to you, I'm going to invite you to pop your hand up. And feel free, if you want to move around the room, if you want to pop your hand on someone else's shoulder, then feel free to do that. I'm going to Just pause now and give you a moment and remember that if you are someone in need of physical healing, mental healing, relational healing, financial healing, please do just just pop your hand up now and I'll invite people around you to come and lay a hand on you as an expression of our solidarity with you and our being here present with you. Right, as we prepare to pray, we're going to come before the God who promises that he is a healing and powerful God. Let's pray. 
our Father in heaven. You are the Lord who heals us. You give us life. You sustain our lives and you can transform our lives. We lift up before you those amongst us who are in need of healing today and we ask because nothing is impossible for you, God of heaven. For those needing physical healing, great physician, please would you heal. For those needing spiritual healing, Lord of our souls, inwardly renew us. For those needing mental healing, God of peace, guard and heal our minds. For those needing financial healing, God of infinite resources, supply their every need. Where there has been sin, may there be confession, prayer, forgiveness. Where we have wandered, God of all mercy, bring us home. We pray in faith to you, God, because you're powerful and effective. So, God of heaven, bind up the wounds of the brokenhearted. Wipe away the tears of the hurting. Lift up those who have fallen and bring healing, Lord, in the powerful name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, we pray. Amen.